Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello guys, welcome to this week's episode of Heavy Metal Tones with me, your podcast host, Tony Evans. Um, well, firstly, going to say welcome aboard to all the new listeners that have come on this last week or so. Um, there's been a really nice big uplift, uh, particularly in the States. Welcome aboard, guys. Um, and I hope you've enjoyed the back catalogue and look forward to um, chatting with you um, going forward. And uh, I hope you really are ready for this week's episode. So this week's episode is all about Slayer, not a particular album. <laughs> um, just the band itself um, how I feel about it rundown of different things but let's just have a chat so Slayer 1981 who formed in Hudson Park in California uh, although one of the big four you know Megadeth Anthrax Slayer and Metallica in my opinion my favourite of, of the big four is Slayer uh, the reason I really enjoy Slayer more than the others is that even though and all of them have very very good albums um is i like the thematic imagery and i like the music to be honest that's as, as really as rudimentary as it comes i like the theme of slayer and i like the um the musical styles of slayer and the reason that i came to them was that sort of when i discovered venom uh i was looking for bands of a similar ilk and um and they were the, they were one of them. They they sort of I remember because they, they polarize people so dramatically, don't they? You either love them or you hate them. There's no middle ground with Slayer. You don't go, oh, I might put on um, the God Illusion and say, oh yeah, that 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 that's you know. It, no, it, it it's it's you either one or the other. Um, they were formed by uh, with it, but with Kerry King, Jeff Hanneman, Dave Lombardo, and Tom Arroyo, of course. King and Hanneman on guitar, Arroyo on vocals and bass, and the master of the double kick, um, Lombardo on drums. Sadly, we lost Jeff Hanneman in May on May the second in two thousand and thirteen. Um, very sad indeed. Uh, I personally have seen Slayer with them and without them, with him, with him and without him, and um, and no disrespect to. Um, 
people that have played after him and filled his spot. There's really only one, Jeff Hanneman. Anyway, um, Lombardo left the band in '91, replaced by um, Paul Paul Bostaff for Forbidden Exodus, Seismatic, and Testament. Unbelievable. I mean, if you're going to take one of the best drummers, or so one of the po- arguably one of the, the best extreme metal drummers, even probably in the world in the history of the of the genre. Um, you're going to take him and he's going to go. Um, if you're going to replace him by another one, Paul, Paul Bostaff is close to as close as you can get. Um, Lombardo, though, he's one of the only men that I've, I was front row. I was standing right in front of his kick, double kick and I was physically repelled backwards when he started when he, when, and, and his skins were shimmering. And the only time it ever um, that's ever happened before is when I saw Deep Purple. Ian Pace did the same thing, but he really just moved me. I almost took my breath away, um, right in the line of it. It was quite terrifying um, and exciting at the same time. Um, I, yeah. So first, first memories, first memories. I think, well, see, I'd, I've seen them on every tour since the Reign of Blood tour, um, and um, well, the one after Reign of Blood. So, pardon my pardon, which was South of Heaven. So I see, I've seen them on every tour since South of Heaven onwards. Um, I thought I'd seen them at the Reign of Blood tour, but I think that may have been South of Heaven. I've got them mixed up. Um, anyway, I first saw them at the Hamsworth Odeon, and they were supported by Helmet. I didn't really care for Helmet. There was a big um, fight. I remember. If you've ever been to Hamsworth Odeon. Um, you got the two stairs, sets of stairs from the kiosk that go up to the balconies. And um, there were two sets of rival metalheads. I don't know what they were doing, but they were chucking peanut M&Ms at each other and um, chucking Coke at each other and beer. And it was, it, it got a bit tasty, I have to say. But I was down near the, sort of, in the stalls, so I didn't, I just, I was only, well, I was 17. I didn't want to get involved, so I sort of... Um, took my then nice brand new leather jacket um, with my tight blue jeans and my white high tops <laughs> and uh, my long black hair and my silver rings and my, my iron vein t-shirt and I ran to the stalls um, yeah that aside that was the first time I saw them and I've seen them on every tour since then in Australia anyway since I've been here um, they've released um, 12 studio albums and a couple of live albums they have got more and more controversial as the years have gone on um, let's talk about we'll talk about the second part controversy but let's talk about the musical styles right so those that are not that are not are not familiar with Slayer um, for me they have I've written this now bear with me um Maybe what I wrote down. I wrote this weird thing down. Um, where did I write it? Oh yeah, um, I call it the the Lardy Dars, the Slayer Lardy Dars. So Kerry King and and Jeff Hanneman dual guitaring. Um, now Jeff Hanneman, in my part opinion, even though Jeff Hanneman and Kerry wrote the, all the music for the for the uh, and most of the lyrics. For the albums, I think that Jeff was a better guitarist. Um, and now, sorry, Kerry, if you have listened to this, this is not saying you're not better than 
you know, you're not wor- you're worse. It's just a different kind of guitarist. Whereas Kerry has this, I call it the Lardy Dars Slayers Lardy Dars, and it goes la da 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 da. You'll know when you hear it. You can't unhear it once you hear it. Um, listen to um, Rain of Blood, and you'll hear it. I call it the Kerry King Lardy Dars. Now, he also um, is one slightly one-dimensional. Um, when it comes to um, his, his his solos, his solos are very shrill and very, uh, which fit the music really, really well. Um, I mean, he seems to sort of, um, what did I want to say as a joke? If he didn't have a Floyd Rose flowing trim, he wouldn't have a solo, uh, which is a cruel, I think. Um, but I feel that way. It just in the later albums, anyway. In the early albums, uh, he was much more technical. I think as he got, as he's got, I don't know he's got bored or or doesn't care or he's just lost the. I don't know. It just seems that he's got the la-di-da sound and the sort of extreme squeal, um, high-pitched, um, like you just literally. He's got a, a note and he's just wang the crap out of the the, the whammy bar or the trim, um, and. Don't get me wrong; it, it it plays its part in the chaos that is Slayer, um, but it seems to get a little bit jarring to me after a while. Well, then you got Jeff Hanneman. Jeff Hanneman, who was, um, he was, he was much more your traditional heavy metal guitarist, your Norbum, your classic metal guitarist. He could do all that, you know, lightning in a bottle, which is what um, Kerry was good at, and it is good at that sort of. You know, extreme chaos, um, almost to the point where it's it's almost like Kerry's is almost like um, Hendrix, but with with without without the um, drugs. Although I'm sure Kerry's taken a few illicit substances in his time. But you know what I mean? It's more. It's like it's like Hendrix, but with but but sharper. Anyway, whereas I found I find. Um, I found Jeff Adaman, uh, you know, his solos are much more thought out and ordered. I might look, you know, there are Slayer fans out there. They're going to go, Tony, you've got this all wrong. Um, I don't know. I, I, this is how I feel about it anyway. I think these solos are much more um, traditional. It was much more chunky, uh, much more rhythmic. It was a good counterbalance to, to Kerry, I think. Um, you know, a nice sort of... I mean, the one good thing you say about Kerry King is he hates Ghost as a band, and... It, I have to say that um, I sort of stick with. I'm sort of on his. I'm in. I'm in with that. I <laughs> down with it. Now, that's the two guitarists, and I think you know. And as and as the albums went on, so as you went from sort of the first one, you know, Show No Mercy, which is an absolute corker of an album, right through to Repentless, even though Repentless does not have. I think it has a little bit of Hanneman on it, but not much. Um, you find that. That they they sort of got more wild, more um, uh, lardy dari, um, more one-dimensional. Really, I think I have to say, uh, and that's really a, a a very not a very flattering flattering thing to say, but it is what it is. I think the later albums, um, I think particularly from sort of um, Christ illusion, not God illusion. The Christ Illusion, World Painted Blood, and Repentless. Those three, last three albums, 
sort of even though I saw them live on those on those tours, it left me a little bit cold to be honest. It didn't it didn't have the um, veracity that the old albums have. Um, yeah, and I, well, sorry, yeah, it also has this sort of Hanneman has this sort of Sabbath esque um, Iomi kind of solo feel to his work as well. Um, now we move on to, to Lombardo. Now Lombardo, instead of being using um, one bass drum, he sort of pioneered the double bass drum. Instead of every, and, and one kick to do to double kick, he's got two separate kicks, and he uses the a raised heel um, technique, which is basically I know he must have really tight calf muscles because he's not he doesn't put his foot down; he uses his forefoot. He uses um, he's got his heel up and he's using the back of the heel and that's really you can really speed up it's like um, being on a um, a push bike right if you can imagine it equated that way and the speed that he could get as I told you just outrageous and it wasn't just the speed of his double kick right it was just the he had this I think that Slayer are more akin to a hardcore punk band for most of their career than they were to a extreme thrash metal band they sort of married it really well and they were like they're like um you know exploited but with extra skill um they just he and his drums is very very i think lombardo's drums are very um yeah very very extreme punk sound very hard remember i've talked before about closed shoulders and open shoulders i think lombardo is a strange mix of aggression through the tight-shouldered patterns but with the ability to splash around the kit without losing any of the emphasis. I don't know how he does it. You know, he'll do a roll, um, and it won't be a tr- traditional roll where it's like, it, you know, lo- loose-wristed and, and flat. He, yeah, him and um, him and uh, Nico McBrain, they just seem to manage to do um, fills and rolls with, like, thunderous applause. It's like the sound of gods. You know, fighting—it's an incredible sound, and 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 seeing him live, and he, his cymbal work is minimalistic, right? I feel, um, doesn't overdo his cymbals, but um, he mainly works hard on his on his main kit. And he's they got he got nicknamed the uh, Godfather of the double bass, um, and I sort of I could believe that I really can. Um, and when he came back to the band. For a short period, you could really hear the difference. I'm not saying that Paul. Let me. Pardon me, I mean, yawn there. Sorry. Um, I'm not saying. I'm not. Um, I'm not saying that Paul Postoff is not. I mean, as I said before earlier on, he's he's a fucking amazing drummer. Um, I saw him with Exodus and Testament and Slayer, and uh, it's a very big seat to fill once Dave leaves. Really, really big seat. I'm not going to go into the reasons why Dave left. I think that's something you can do on another on another show. But he left. That's the way it is. People move on. Um, anyway, so twelve studio albums. Right now, I I have to say that the sound of okay, when I'm trying to describe the sound of Slayer to someone. I wrote to. I actually had this conversation with my wife last night. Um, imagine a, um, imagine a, an audio painting. So imagine a, you're looking at a painting, and when you listen to the music, 
you think, well, look at that painting, you think of the music, listen to the music, think of that painting, right? Um, now, I think that Slayer's work is very much like a Bruegel, yeah? Iran van Bruegel, Bruegel. Um, and if you don't know who Bruegel is, um, you know, check him out. His paintings are um, nightmarish, um, 15th century painter, nightmarish paintings for the time. Same with Hieronymus Bosch. Now, Hieronymus Bosch is a an earlier painter than that. And his paintings are all um, based on his nightmare visions of hell and and demons and imps and torture and weird creatures. Most most of us out there who know a Hieronymus Bosch painting when we are told about it, we go, yeah, I know what that is. Bruegel was another one. So look at Bruegel in the same family in vain as Bosch. And I look at them and I go, yeah. And even to some extent, um, there's a German... Um, painter um, called Max Ernst he's my favourite painter in fact of all time, he's my favourite painter I can say of all time but my favourite painter is Max Ernst and he paints um, uh, he paints surrealist paintings not melting clocks and bananas you know, as phones no, not that kind of stuff we mentioned it a few weeks ago with things with frottage and in that sort of thing, he does that um, and he does some really very strange, it's also very William Blake-like um, and those who love um, Bruce Dickinson will know about Lee William Blake, famous painter, British painter, painted a lot of biblical paintings, um, a lot of etching, and it has that sort of nightmare vision. There's a William Blake painting called The Flea, the Ghost of the Flea, I think it's called, uh, and that reminds me of that, a lot of his that, their music, um, because it it's art, but at the same time it's not. You know what I mean? It's sort of... It, it it's beautiful yet brutal it's brutal yet beautiful it's um insane yet logical and i think that comes down purely to the um the intelligence and ferocity of the front man tom Arroyo. um he's um now he, as a bass player uh myself um i don't think he's anything you know rocking the world with the quality of bass that he's playing he's you know he's no lemmy or anything like that he's not changing the way people play bass he's a solid um decent bass player um, but it's his it's his vocals because the music is so i suppose insane and, and and a bit out out there it's very difficult to sing along to it it's not like you can just sort of be in the same melody and if you've got all these you know um Ladi Dars going on with um with with uh, Kerry uh and 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 then Dave you know I mean he's I mean keeping up with Dave as a bass player give him his dues that's why he's well that's why he is who he is because he can keep up with Dave right um but it's that kind of um call to arms war assembly is a good song for that mention that it's that kind of um you know follow me I'm a leader kind of vocal <coughs> sorry um, it's very much like that isn't it it's very um, call and response it's very sharp three words four words five words in the line and no more um, it, it, he's, he's not they're not kind of band they're just gonna you know, you know they, what they put across lyrically is quite intense so to get that across with that kind of musical form is really hard and I really love Tom's, Tom's voice 
I just I love that sort of it. It just it out of the big four, it's my favourite because it has that real. Um, you think it's going to be un, you know, in, in, in unlistenable, right? Can't say the word. Anyway, um, you think oh, it's going to be that, right? And uh, and you put it on, and it's not. It's actually really, it's really melodic, and it has that as I said, that sort of punky shouting, uh, shouting at us kind of. Listen, I'm telling you what's going to go. This is what's happening, kind of vocal. And as a front man, he, you know, he's not. He doesn't run around. He's not. Um, but he commands an audience so well. When you've got um, Kerry one one side and, and and Jeff the other and Tom behind you, it's a that's a big sound. And to be in front of that big sound is something you have to give them some juice, right? It's cracking. Um, cracking ensemble um and yeah tom is tom is tom I and mean, now you know even though he's you know speaks out lyrics about satan and 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 the nazis and so on he's a born again christian um and you know he's a really nice guy and and he's um it's just a he comes across like he would rip your face off but at the same time also probably um you know, little less, you know, get me behind me, Satan kind of guy, you know. He's a really, and and, and as I said, he, he writes some of the lyrics. I think mainly Kerry King and Jeff wrote the lyrics. Um, so he has to sing stuff that he's probably not um, that comfortable singing with these days. But he does it because um, it's entertainment, right? And in the day, it's just entertainment. But yeah, he, as a, uh, I think he finishes the band off fantastically. You could not, if, if say for instance, Kerry left, yeah, you could probably find a guitarist that may replace him. That's very difficult because Kerry has that very unique lightning in a bottle aggression um, and amphetamine kind of nightmare. Um, Dave could be replaced. <coughs> it was really tricky, but I said, <coughs> sorry guys. As I said, um, you know, um, Paul does it really does a really bloody good job at it. Um, now the you know the people that have, that have come and gone replacing uh, Jeff, yeah. You know, they are what they are. I mean, I don't know if any of you guys have seen the band since Jeff passed away. Um, as I've seen him a few times. I saw him with Gary Holt. Now, Gary Holt joined the band in 2011 while Jeff was unwell. Um, and he's from Exodus, right? So I've seen, I love Exodus. I've seen Exodus a few times. And have um, Paul on drums and, and Jeff on guitar. It was a, it's a, it's, He's not going to be Jeff, right? Gary Holt. He's not going to be Jeff, but he's a. If you look at, if you want to look in the dictionary for a picture that someone said heavy metal man uh, image, Gary Holt is it. I mean, he he really he he looks apart. He lives apart. He is an incredible guitarist, and I think Exodus are one of those bands that are so underrated. Um, Blacklist is one of my favourite songs of all time of theirs. And it's just, people just don't, they just don't, and seeing that live, seeing them live, the circle pit that happened for that was insane. I mean, I was on the side, I didn't go near it, but holy crap, you could almost have its own, um, it almost created a, like a tornado the way it was spinning around. So really, really um, a great replacement, but not quite Jeff, right? You know what I'm saying? So, whereas if you took Tom away, it just wouldn't work. I don't think... It's just, it just wouldn't be the same. That kind of that cry he has, that war cry, that um, that painful 
um, falsetto that sometimes he does. That just you know, that he obviously can't do any more for his age because that kind of thing on the voice it hurts, doesn't it? After a while, but yeah, um, brilliant, brilliant singer. So that's sorry, that's Slayer in a nutshell, really. So I'm going to go and um, warm my drink up. Get a fresh one, I think, and uh, and we'll talk. We'll go album by album. I'm not going to talk. I said in depth to each one. Just some some you know listening notes maybe, um, and in the chat about some of the controversies that hang around the band, um, rightly or wrongly. Anyway, enjoy the adverts. Um, it's come up to Christmas, so uh, you might get some ideas for presents. Um, you know, for me it's quite straightforward, guys. Records, just buy me records. I'm really happy with it. Or tickets or t-shirts. Not hard, is it? All right. Talk to you soon, guys. Bye now. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome back, guys, to the show, to part two, Slayer part two. Um, I had to do some jiggery-pokery um, editing there, and you probably didn't hear it. I hope you didn't. You might do. I'm getting better at this um, this old shit. I don't normally um, 
it as a say you know that's the my ethos it's my raison d'etre as they say when it comes to the show I don't like to do all that stuff but I'd uh, completely and utterly asked it uh, for a second there and um, I was going to leave it in and I thought well what the you know why would I bother you know I might as well because actually it was it was it was pretty nasty it was like it was I knocked the mic there was some squealing there was I dropped the phone on the floor all sorts of weird things anyway I did lose my continuity a bit, so if I go suddenly into a different kind of hey, sexy voice for a second, it's because I was trying to get my continuity back. <laughs> oh, dear me. Anyway, um, it's, I, I had to listen back. It sounds okay to me. I can't see any problem with it, but you never know. Right, that is, you don't, you come to the show for this, right? Like locking the mic and shit. Oh, sorry, done it. That kind of crap. Um, I didn't mean to knock the mic then. It was, that was a, I deliberately went to knock it and actually knocked it. So there you go. Um, so, second part of the show, Slayer, the catalogue. Let's do the controversial stuff first. Now, I've talked before about Sabaton when they did... I can never say the band name right. Benji will kill me when I say it. It's Sabaton, right? I don't know why I keep saying Sabaton, but... Anyway, um, they do a song about the Holocaust. Many bands have done songs about the Holocaust. It is sadly a fact of life that humanity is scum and we did these things to ourselves and to each other and it is you know is it the right thing for in, for entertainment um no is it do have we already in, you know informed everyone that can be informed about the hideousness of humanity re the um, genocidal madmen uh yes and no um, I don't think that Slayer, when they wrote Dead, uh, um, sorry, Angel of Death, were writing a song that was glorifying or entertaining in any way, shape, or form. I don't think so at all. I really don't. Um, I couldn't speak for any of the band's um, religious backgrounds or cultural backgrounds. Um, there may be Jews amongst them. I don't know. I, I really don't know. Um, but. The point is, they were writing a song about uh, Mengele um, and his experiments on um, twins and uh, and in, and just in general hideous, um, you know, anaesthetic-free um, uh, experiments. And I knew someone whose husband died of a blood poisoning. He was one of a twin, and they both met in. They were both in Auschwitz. They escaped. Um, well, one was rescued, one escaped. They met later in life, um, and he died of the complications uh, that Mingale had put in, that put upon him as a child. He never really got over the, the things he did to him. So, you know, we do we are touched in some respect uh, uh, about from this um, controversial. Yes, it is, but there is nothing wrong with causing controversy. I mean, art is all most art genuinely is controversial. Um, you know the white canvas, the the um, the Campbell soup cans, the you know you name it, uh, bl uh, blue poles, um, you, you whatever painting you want to. Uh, movies, another good example. You know controversial movies. There's there's been controversial for controversial sake, and there's been controversial 
genuinely you can't avoid it because it's a subject you feel passionate you want to talk about or create an art about unfortunately but just that the actual creating of that art um, and the subject matter is controversial and I don't think that they as I mean Tom has come out and said no they, they didn't go out to write and glorify the the the, the pain that suffered by the Nazis there are bands out there that have done that a lot of the skinhead bands of the 70s screwdriver is one of them um foul 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 human beings um i don't he's not doing that they're not doing that i should say um it's aggressive it's actually one of my favorite songs of theirs strangely even though it's a subject matter that does make me feel very uncomfortable because of my family heritage um but it's powerful I mean, it's it's um, you know they don't shy from it. You know, lyrically it it it, it sort of hurts, but musically it, it's it just I kind of swear here, but fucking amazing. All right, so you you can you can choose to enjoy the music and listen to the lyric and not really listen to it. You can enjoy it. You can choose to listen to it and learn from it, and you know maybe even. Um, do something about it you know you can't change the world but you can change your own life and viewpoints um, that's in your own hands isn't it guys as I say every week um, so there's a controversy there there was also controversy with the you know the, the eagle is a bit Nazi like no I don't think that's the case if anything to me it's more Judge Dredd um, eagle like than it is a Nazi eagle yeah it could be or in fact even it's more like a Roman eagle standard bearing eagle you know and and the nazis stole that from the romans anyway didn't they so you know just it sort of taints it unfortunately you know when when one um time in history uh one person and one or several people in history do that it taints the whole thing doesn't it but i don't think they were there was some white power controversial things with white supremacy as well which have come out and said and adver- i mean between you and me, they could be lying. They could be saying, no, 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 we, we don't do that. But deep down they do. They're just using it as a way of saying, no, it's just art. I mean, we know, we know that Kerry King's a knob. All right. He knows he's a knob. I'm sure he comes out, gets up in the morning and goes, I'm all right, see you next Tuesday. All right. I'm all right, piece of work. He is. He know he is. Arroyo, no. Sweet guy. Lombardo, never hear a word out of him. I think I've seen him interviewed maybe once or twice um and jeff hanneman jeff hanneman just wanted he just wanted to play rock and roll watch watch his favorite baseball basketball teams um and his ice hockey team and and just <coughs> just have a good time drink lots of alcohol pardon my french here screw lots of women play lots of loud music and that's really what he wanted to do i don't think that jeff hanneman had an agenda apart from um maybe, you know, hedonism. Uh, so these are controversies, right? And that's where people look at it and they listen to song, a dead skin mask about, you know, about um, Ed Gein, the serial killer that was the, you know, the, um, the sort of, was the uh, person that, you know, Checks the Chainsaw Massacre was based on and things like that. <clears throat> there are bands out there, so I've got a cough, so wait one second. <coughs> there are bands out there like Skinned, S-K-Y-N-D, I love them. Um, they write all their songs about serial killers. Um, it controversial, maybe. Um, is it? There is this. There is a strange sect of people, and Mark Crazy Mark, who I used to talk to a lot in the UK. And, um, he 
he was really into the serial killers and there were some really very strange people that sort of glorify and almost um, idolize these um, human wastes of DNA but it is what it is right there's always going to be nutters and weirdos out there he wasn't I mean Mark wasn't Mark would do anything for you do anything to you as well but he would do anything for you at the same time um, but that's aside so some really you know controversy you know it falls it follows in the shadows of all metal isn't it Judas Priest and the and there was also um, a, um, a, now I don't know I sort of don't want to talk about it because I think it's a horrible thing but um, a couple of boys killed I think it was a couple of girls and um, and they stumped on their heads and they did all sorts of things and they blamed the lyric to one of the Slayer songs well, they tried to they took them to court and it was you know it was obviously overall because it's nonsense um, but when you do play with fire like that you are going to get burnt and they must understand that you know, like when Venom wrote their stuff, it was so kitschy and camp and so, so the devil rides out, so hammer horror that you almost, you, even though were, there's lots of very deep and dark, meaningful lyrics in their work, you don't take it as seriously as bands like Slayer because of things like, as I said, Den Skin Mask and, and, um, and, 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 and Angel of Death and, they they will make you um, mandatory suicide is another one which is actually one of my favourite songs. Um, they will call that call that controversy. So you know if you if you've not listened to them because you're on the edge, maybe you live in a quite um, a religious um, part of the world. Maybe you in one of those southern states of the United States there where um, you can't you feel <coughs> you can't. So sorry guys, I'm just going to pause. I'm going to have a cough. One moment, and we're back. Great pause, good editing there. Um, yeah, if you're there and feel that, and you, but also listening to them could cause problems in your life, then don't. Obviously, if you've just not gone to them because you thought, oh, geez, it's going to be too hard, too heavy, too aggressive. Don't like. Uh, you think it's going to be screamo lyrics? It's not. The, the vocal point, the vocal lyrics are very easy to understand. But the controversial stuff, you know, that's really it's in your own head, isn't it? Controversy is. is is um, a figment of the personal, uh, the the listeners or viewers' own moral ground, isn't it? So, if you put on an album and it's talking about the Holocaust, and you're so sensitive to that fact, it's going to cause you controversial feelings. You're going to feel upset. If you go into it and think, no, "I'm going to listen to this um, and try and, and 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 enjoy it for what it is," you're fine. But it is all about your own moral compass. <coughs> so don't don't stop yourself I think guys I think the good honesty is don't stop yourself listening to stuff and that stopped me it never stopped me there are stuff that I won't listen to yes there's some things that really do affect me um, and I stay away from but you know it's like Aussies you know um, suicide solutions and stuff again you weren't in the head of the person putting the pen to the paper you don't know what they were what they were thinking or why they were thinking it all you can do is enjoy it for what it is, which is an art art form that will create some controversy. It's why we love metal, isn't it, guys? Why would we? Otherwise, we'd be listening to ABBA, wouldn't we? Or which I do, side that aside, you know what I mean? Or One Direction or something mindless like that. Uh, we would just put on something that was um, 
that was just vapid and vapid and and, and insipid and unintelligent and un, 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 whereas our music does create an illicit emotion and i think that's what the what slayer are doing they're eliciting an emotion um for us to uh you know sorry <coughs> they're eliciting an emotion for us to to create that reaction you know also want us to dance and bang our heads and enjoy the music but the reason why they write what they write is for the other thing so let's look at the album so first we have show no mercy uh, in 83 followed by hello waits in 85 and then rain of blood in 86 now i think this is the holy trinity of their albums um i really truly think that if they stopped there they were done right so you have the the, the garage band-esque music of show no mercy with the cutting edge um like it's like the early days of horror videos where there was no holds barred no all the video nasties had sorry i burped there no certificates go and do what you want like it was like the wild west and i think so no mercy is, is like the wild west of of, of of thrash it's like the it's when they were just working out what they wanted to do and the sound that we're creating right um and then you have hello eights which is really um a well mastered um well it's again they're all short albums right well mastered but still furious still has that sense of teenage angst and anger still got the early um hardcore punk feel that, that new york hardcore punk sound that's in there there's it's just it's you know tom's drumming is just i think at a pinnacle on hello eights it's cleaner much much cleaner so if you're looking for a more cleaner sound that's better um that's the way to go and then of course you have the classic rain of blood right we 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 have to sort of like underline it and say you know if you're gonna grab you know um albums from the four fresh legends that they're out there rain of blood is is probably the one you grab from slayer same as like ride the lightning i think from metallica um rust in peace from um uh megadeth and then of course i think from anthrax we are the law um i am the law sorry is it sorry i mean one second sorry i'm the law is a song i mean the yeah, albums I'll, I'll probably say for me among the living because it was my era of that and 87 was a really cracking good year for that particular type of music um you know and for um and for megadeth did i really let me just i might have um let's have a look oh you can you see you're tuning in for me scrolling through my phone let's see scrolling through my phone let's just think of an album i think i see megadeth was one of those one of the bands that leaves me a bit cold it's not my favorite of the of the big four i think it's dave's voice possibly that irritates me i'm, I'm not sure um killing is my business and business is good that's the album i'm thinking of for um megadeth anyway that aside you you're you're gonna look for the if you're thinking for the so you have rain of blood is in my, is my opinion is the the sort of pinnacle of that first three albums um and i think because the sound is so intense um on the opening track or oh, title track sorry and I love the double meaning 
um, on the album. I really love the you know rain and blood, but rain and blood. I love it. It's I love a bit of wordplay. The artwork is when it starts to get a little bit more um, hardcore. Um, you know, some brilliant tracks. As I said before, opening with uh, Angel of Death, Piece by Piece. That's another really nasty one, but it's necroph- necrophobic. That one has a real um, venomy speed to it, in my opinion. You know, uh, and of course, you know, I think the, the, the subtle albums that are a lot sort of songs on this album that are lost um, and forgotten about. Like, there's a one of them is called Aggressive Perfecta. Excuse me. And there's a great um, British band that had taken the name from it. Um, and that's the second to last track on the album. <coughs> um, oh, I've got such a um, cough today. Um, and then, of course, Postmortem, which I think is my, actually, probably is my favourite on the album, even though people go for Rain of Blood. So, um, I'm sorry if I cough really loudly in your ear. Um, I'll try to cough away from the mic. Apologise. And then, of course, move. I think moving to their, their second era. So, the album before um, Arroyo, uh, Lombardo leaves and you get Seasons in the Abyss um, oh sorry South of Heaven <coughs> um, oh, I'm so sorry guys um, South of Heaven is um, the slow album they, they like to call it the slow album I actually really adore this album I, I think it's my one of my favourites I think it's got the best of the... Um, because it's a slow album. See, people really hate the album. They really don't like it. There's a big issue with Slayer fans because they want that breakneck speed. But don't you sometimes just want a little bit of difference, uh, you know, on it? And I think, you know, South of Heaven, oh, it's a great sing-along opening track. That That is... it's a, Just love it. I think um, it also is such a beautiful play on it south of heaven isn't it so hell i love that um the 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 darkness within the song silent scream live undead is brilliant live undead behind the crooked cross wow i mean what is it with crooked crosses and bands you know dio's crooked cross headless cross i maiden did one um you know yeah and then it follows straight into mandatory suicide now this i mean as a controversial yeah um it's just blows my mind this song I find Mandatory Suicide um, when they play it live um, they speed it up a bit when they play it live but it's you know the, the guitar solo I'm not a big fan of King Solo as I've told you before you've probably noticed that but King's solo on Mandatory Suicide is just it's top notch you know and then you've got things like um, Dissident, Dissident Aggressor and Spill, Spill the Blood 36 minutes long short album but it doesn't hang around but I think it's one of my favourites one of my favourite artworks um, particularly um, but uh, you know people don't like it I don't understand it um, I wouldn't say they don't like it I'm sure there are people that love it it just seems like it's not the most loved of the albums uh, and then you've got um, you've got Seasons in the Abyss alright um, now this one where is it I'm just trying to make a note here this one is uh, actually, no, I've got that wrong around. What am I talking about? Tony, you, you, you plonker. Um, I think... No, 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 no. See, this is what happened. My coughing has put my brain somewhere else. I'm so sorry. South of Heaven, Seasons in the Abyss is the slow... I think is the, I think is the slow album. I think that's the slower album. So, um, South of Heaven is d- different, I think. Let me just double-check that, because I'm 
I think I'm going ever so slightly nuts. No, I was right the first time. Um, yeah, this is the uh, South of Heavens is a slower album. Season of the Abyss is that is back to the back to the original lineup with Dave Lombardo on drums. It did very very well. Rick Rubin produced, and it did very very well in the charts. Um, it's a blitzkrieg of an album. Um, and let me just get back to the line. So you've got your War Assembly, which I said great live album right it's a real war cry song isn't it right to the bone um blood red spirit in black expandable youth oh i love that song it it, it has, feels like the old reign of blood speed again um dead skin mask is a classic isn't it it's an absolute classic you know that wonderful um psycho soundtrack you know with someone hello hey how is anyone there like the talking in the background um you know, and then of course, just a really brilliant, brilliant rhythmic middle eight, and it's just yeah, it takes you away. It's fantastic. And then Hallowed Point and Skeletons of Society, Temptation, uh, and then of course you've got Born of Fire and Seasons of the Abyss, which is the title track, which I really like as well. Um, if I've got it wrong and I've, and, one of the, and I've got them mixed up, please do remind, do tell me. Um, I said sorry, my co- uh, having the cough, it put coughing, put me, took me out of my head. Um, anyway, um, I'm back to normal. I've had a big drink. I should be all right. I don't know where that came from. Um, anyway, so we move from there. So then you go into the, the next middle three where you've got Divine Intervention from 1994, Undisputed Attitude, 96, and Diabolus in Musica in 1998. I have to say that these uh, Divine Intervention and Undisputed Attitude are not albums that I know very, very well. I, I re- revisited them to, for the show and... Uh, I have to say the title track on Divine Intervention is a stormer of a track. Um, I think it's probably the best opening track ever since uh, since Reign of Blood. I think it's it's um, polished, clean, aggressive, um, intelligent, um, thumping. You know, it's just a, a brutal album from beginning to end. Now looking at it, it is very much um, that sort of early 90s to mid 90s sound um when we were sort of still dealing with the the the, um the hangover of grunge uh, and metal was sort of not in it was not seen as something people listened to it was not it was on the wane and it was you know it wasn't really to come back again when it sort of came back in the early 2000s but it was sort of that middle it wasn't we were moving away from it people weren't listening to it according to record companies anyway um so it was sort of it's that sort of very clinical it's also much where the digital sound has started to come in you can feel that it's recorded in a different studio different producers has it that i don't know it has that it doesn't have the t- typical slayer sound um i have to say i think it's a quite different um and then we move into i, I looked at um, undisputed attitude and i've wrote groovy um i think this is can I say, without sounding like a dickhead, this sounds like the Slayer's Groovy album. I'm probably wrong. I thought it has got a deep groove in this album. I think it's got an absolute um, uh, bitch of a, of, a, of, a, of a bass groove in it. Um, and I think it might that might be down to Tom, right? Let's have a check that. Well... Yeah, see me typing on a keyboard, and you love this. Um, yeah, I think things like sex, murder, art—you know—a um, great 
a great sort of modernist piece of music, I think. I'm not sure what... I don't know too much about things like SS3 and things like that. I mean, I, it's... You could read all sorts of things into that particular song. It is very controversial in the fact that it's very explicit lyrically wise. I think it was that era when you could, the black label would come on the record and it would say contains explicit lyrics. The record label weren't happy. Um, they really didn't want to release it uh, in the in the in the way it was. They sat down with them and said they wanted um, they wanted to, to re-record it and take some of the lyrical explicit lyrics. It said they also wanted a hit song. Are you talking to Slayer for God's sake? I mean, you don't. You don't really want to do that kind of thing. You know, it's not got a band that can do that, right? Um, it's also the first album to feature Paul Bostaff after replacing with your drummer Dave Lombardo. His songs, um, they sort of, they vary. There's there's lyrical content, again, around the Holocaust theme with um, uh, Rein, uh, Reinhard Heydrich, a serial killer Jeffrey, Jeffrey Dahmer's uh, an influence on this album as well. It, um, it's, yeah, it, look, again, it's probably one of the reasons why. I mean, I say groovy musically, lyrically, it's a little bit out there. I think they were, they were sort of, I don't know, doing, um, I don't know what they were doing, honestly. They, I think they were courting controversy, maybe. I know that they were not unhappy with the record label. Um, and then you move to, um, Diabolus in Musica, which is actually one of my favorite covers, uh, album-wise. It's the most musical of the albums, and does that sound weird when I say that? Most musical, it feels it's the most um, traditionally classically musical. Yeah, it's not stark, angular, aggressive, um, dark and angry. It, it, it does have those elements, it wouldn't be Slayer without those elements. Um, but it's certainly, I think, the most musical of the albums. Now the reason I say that is it's the first album that they main played mainly played in C sharp um, tuning, named um, after the musical interval known as the dissonance, uh, to, for its dissonance. Um, and its lyrical themes explored on the album include religion, sex, cultural divine, um, deviance, death, insanity, war, and homicide. It's a really dark album, guys. It's very musical. This is very much, I think, their prog album. Uh, I've said it. Have a drink. I mentioned prog. Um, it mixed. It got look mixed reviews. Um, got to number thirty-one of the Billboard Top Two Hundred. Um, yeah. I wouldn't say again. It's not an album that I rush to. Um, you know, it's it has its moments. Okay, it has its moments. You know, um, Death Head is a particularly very much a Hanneman kind of lyric um, you know perversions of pain again very kingy um, in the name of in the name of King God um, that's pretty out there as well I think one of my favorites screaming from the sky um, is only three minutes and 12 seconds long but I think that one could be on any album any of all the Slayer albums that's sort of like a very classic classic album um, Ober Enemy State of mind, stain of mind. Sorry, I mean it. It is, it is. I said, very musical uh, because it's in a different tuning. It's drop tuning, which I don't normally do. Um, you find, I find it really. Um, it's quite 
um, intense. And I love intense music, but I think it's a slightly bit too intense for me. Still, great album. I think one of my favorite covers is one of the darkest covers. Um, it's not a painting. It's, you know, it's quite a stark image. Um, check it out, guys. You'll, you'll, you'll see what I mean. Um, and then we move to God Hates Us All. Oh, now, I've written here that there's three albums. And I think, actually, Diabolus in Musica, God Hates Us All in 2001, and Christ Delusion in 2006 is their um, anti-religion triptych, or triptych's the wrong word, um, um, trio of albums, right? Little, 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 uh, um, little section, little subsection of Slayer albums. And, um, you know, God Hates Us All was one of the albums that um, I remember a lot because my young kids were young um, and... There wasn't a lot of metal around in 2001. Not really good, anyway. We were stuck with a lot of that tool and helmet shit. And um, so it was like trying to find stuff that was a little bit more um, bitey. Uh, and God Hates Us All came out. And I remember thinking, ooh, this is, um, this is a, bit, a bit of what I'm looking for, to be honest with you. Um, it's their ninth studio album. Um, and it, you know, it... Uh, it got a Grammy-nominated song on it. Disciple got um, for its lyrics, which is incredible. Um, the band like Slayer have not had any real. They don't get really major awards. They make heavy metal awards, but they're not going to get. They're not going to come in the Hall of Fame kind of thing, are they? Right? Because they they they, um, they explore very complex um, ideas, right? Um, this one again: religion, murder, revenge, and self-control. On this album. And someone's said it was a groove metal. I agree. I think this is again a very groovy. This trivium of albums has a groove feel to it, um, very much so. Rick Rubin produced again. Um, the album is there's a Behemoth album that's come out recently. It looks a bit like this. I find this really boring. Three inverted crosses to make a snowflake kind of thing. Uh, come on, man. What were you doing? Are you trying to get out of the contract? You don't have anyone to do the cover. Um, but apparently that they had to do it. Uh, in order for the album to be sold in retail outlets, an alternative suitcase was covered. Because the first, the actual picture's got a Bible with Slayer etched into it and blood all over it. That's the one you want, right? And then you look at the white slipcase and you go, come on, guys. Now, I understand. I just think, why don't you just grow a pair and, and put it on the shelves? But I suppose they've got to put food on the table. You can't sell records if record companies and states in America and, and religious countries elsewhere won't play, won't supply the album. Um do people like do this deliberately I think they do I think I I mean courted controversy is something very common but I think that you've got to stand by your your ideology though if that's what you want to do stand by it don't don't back down I think it's a bit unfair to be honest with you um yeah it's a lot of the lyrical themes Satan self-control there's some Dungeons and Dragons stuff in there as well um track listing let's have a look at the track listing of this Oh, here we go. Okay. You got Darkness of Christ. Again, this is all God related, right? Disciple, which is the one that was awarded. God Save Death, New Faith, Cast Down, Threshold, Exile, Seven Faces, Bloodline, Deviance, Warzone, Here Comes the Pain, Payback King, right? Um, this is the last album with Bostaff, I think, for a little while. I think he left on this album, um, which is, you know, 
a shame because uh, I think that's why um, when I then I actually listened to the next album, the next well, not maybe God Christ Illusion, but maybe World Painted Blood. The, I, the, the next one's Christ Illusion. So if you want a really controversial album, and you want to really put some, you know, play something that's going to piss people off. Do um, God Hates Us All, okay? That's the one to do, all right? Because it, it is, it's the one that most people are raining blood. God, God Hates Us All, the ones that people will remember. Because it's not, um, it's very easy to upset religious um, zealots, isn't it, right? So this album and that album. So Rain and Blood and God Hates Us All, I think, if you're looking for albums to 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 feel um really choose and see what a slayer really is that's that and of course show no mercy the christ illusion in 2006 oh, i hate this cover i really hate it. it's like a two-year-old painted it i know what it's meant to be about i just hate it christ with his arms cut off and things i just i don't know doesn't do it for me um and this is when um lombardo comes back so you know, they, they they lose a brilliant drummer and they gain an even better drummer, right? And it's the first time since Seasons in the Abyss um, that he's played with them. It's released in August in 2006. Um, again, depicting a mutilated Christ pen on the, on the uh, by Larry Carroll, who did most of their albums. I don't know, it just doesn't do it for me. I mean, again, it got banned because of that. I mean, it's it's crazy, really. Um, it's you got another Grammy Award winning song, Eyes of the Insane, and Final Six. Um, let's have a look. Track listing, here we go. You know, Flesh Storm, Catalyst, Skeleton Christ, Eyes of the Insane, Jihad. I mean, 2006 Jihad. Again, what, you know, it's just calling controversy in the way it is. Uh, Confederacy, Catatonic, Black Serenade, and there's an alternative version of that. Um, Cult. Supremist, I mean, supermist. Sorry, supremist. Yes. Um, again, musically, I like it because Lombardo's back. I find it a bit of a boring album. Um, I don't know what it is. I think it's, I sort of fell out of love with Slayer around around this time. I think, and that's what sort of threw me off off them. I just thought they were like, oh well, we'll just make this we'll just do this album because we're known now for being sort of anti-Christian, anti-religion, and they weren't really at first. I think something happened in them, and it just seems to, maybe because the music's waning, the situation, they're losing fans, how do we get more that, you know, controversy sells, that's probably it, or controversy controversy sells. Um, And then we were World Painted Blood. I saw them on this tour in 2009 with Megadeth, Funny story, I completely missed Megadeth because I was at the bar drinking. Um, everyone had left the bar. I thought it was a support band. I was half pissed. Um, wandered in um, halfway through the Megadeth set. Yes, I didn't miss much. But yes, I was a bit annoyed because I paid to see both of them. Um, Slayer was went off. I got such a bang over, such a whiplash from it. Um, I liked Well Painted Blood. I thought this is the, this is the album where they truly... Um, understood the internet I think uh, and this is going to sound silly when I say that I think they really used the internet in such a great way um, with this album uh, they really did I think they they promoted it strongly through YouTube they um, Facebook 
stuff all over the place. So, you know, it was um, it was downloadable. I mean, I know there's an era of all bands are doing that now, but they weren't doing it then, right? I think um, I remember getting my copy with a really lovely slipcase for Christmas for my for my kids. Um, it was a nice CD um, with a sort of blood red slipcase, and um, it's a good album. It's actually probably my favourite of the later albums. Um, it's not a very long lasting album, 39 minutes, 46 seconds. Um, it had some singles off it, which was unusual. Uh, Psychopathy, um, Hate Worldwide, World Painted Blood. I thought World Painted Blood had that Tom Arroyo sing-along shout again, which I thought was really good. Um, lyrically, it got it's getting away from that whole anti-religion thing, uh, which gets tiring after a while. Um, they started to use more, um, you know, it was more of their typical um, Slayer themes. War, hate, fear, but not just hate of God and hate of organised religions. Um, you know, it was a bit more, a bit more like the, the old classic old style, really. Which that's what I like. You know, there's stuff about Elizabeth Bathory in there, you know, the the the, the Queen, the Dutch, the not Duchess. What she? She was a, um, or she was a. I think she was a Duchess or whatever. But she bathed her in the blood of her, uh, supposedly in the blood of her, um, of her maids to make her to stay younger. Um, and you know, you, you've got your, um, you got your tracks on here. And honestly, the, I, this is probably the one I come back to the most of the later albums. World Painted Blood, Unit 731, Snuff, Beauty Through Order, Hate Worldwide, Public Display of King, Dismemberment, Dismemberment, um, American, which is a really good song, I think. Very anti-American, I really like that one. I'm not anti, I'm not anti-American, just Americans fighting back, not just being roll, rolling over. Um, and not of this god which is you know back you got to have a little bit of the anti-god stuff in there musically though um again um i think uh it it is as hard as they come i think it does suffer from that digital world um slightly uh you know it has that digital sound it's a bit cleaner less aggressive less filthy that some of that slayer stuff used to be um i'm just checking um I think if I'm rightly bought a Paul Bostaff was on drums again. Um no Lombardo's on drums, sorry. I know that I, it was a bit to and froing. But yeah, completely and utterly um the truly a two thousand album, I think that one. And then we move from there onto their the last one, Repentless. Uh and now this is of course without Hanneman, um which is sad but it is what it is right um and i have to say don't enjoy the album uh of all the albums of theirs i don't listen to and i don't really enjoy it, is this one people really like it um people have um a soft swap you know you seem to it did very well in the uh when it was released uh, i just find it very um i don't know it was released in 2015 um gary holtz on guitars um because you know Hanuman just died of liver cirrhosis, or cirrhosis of the liver, I should say. Um, Rick Rubin still producing. Artwork's good again. It's that Christ image again, the anti-religious thing. Slightly long, forty-one minutes. 
Um, the singles were good. Repentless was a good single. You against uh, you against you and Pride and Prejudice is a good album, good singles. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, it it sort of there's a lot of alcoholism sort of in around it. Um, you know, I don't know. I King wrote most of it. Jeff Hanneman's one on there, Piano Wire. Um, but King wrote. 99% of it and I think that's probably why I don't like the album that much um, yeah probably if I'm looking for a, a highlight I'm going to say Chasing Death uh, maybe Take Control probably the title track but as a as a final album for the art for them it seems to me it just leaves me a little bit blech. there was meant to be a 13th album but they split before that came around I'm pretty pleased about that actually because I think they were, if Repentless is although sadly because Repentless is the last album what they should have done is probably left it on World Painted Blood I know at that time that was six years before Jeff had died and they were still touring but I don't know once Jeff went whether they should I mean changing drummers it's not the end of the world even though Dave is a very big seat to fill but once Jeff went I don't know I don't know if I recorded. I mean, I would have toured maybe, but I wouldn't have recorded. It's just not the same. Although I do believe that Jeff did want one of his wishes was that they kept playing um, and kept touring. So uh, they were just doing what they were doing for him. And and God rest his soul, what a great guitarist that he was. Um, that's my run through. Um, my run through the lineup of Slayer albums and my little brief chat about the band itself. Um, my lasting parting words is if you want something brutal, stark and interesting you'll find something in a Slayer album if you want something um, modern, clean, polished you'll find something in a Slayer album if you want something uh, garage band like with a hardcore tint you'll find a a Slayer album that will do it for you they are really good entry level into extreme metal if you want to find a way getting in but are too scared to get in and don't want to jump straight into Bathory or you know, something like really aggressive like cattle decapitation or whatever you're thinking, um, you know, or even, God forbid, cannibal corpse. Um, you know, if you want to find some way in, um, Slayer or a good way, you know, Venom, then Slayer, and then beyond that. Um, so I hope you really do enjoy it. Those that love the band, and if I've made some mistakes, I apologise. Again, I apologise for the coughing. Um, don't know what happened, really. Could not shift it. Um, I paused it when I got a drink came back still couldn't shift it don't know what it is must be the cold anyway that's me for this week keep listening please do like um, when you're on Spotify do you know pop up the top there press the little wheel give me a five star review or whatever you want to give me I don't mind one to five it doesn't bother me Um, it just helps with the algorithm Um, again thanks for the new all the people listening thanks for all the people supporting me um I really enjoyed this episode because I really enjoyed going back and 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 revisiting Slayer again because um, I sort of had listened to it for some time. It was really nice to come back to it. So anyway, see you next week. We'll chat to you next week, guys. Bye for now.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.